evening, day, whatever, what time it is, where you are, whatever, good, good that. Welcome. Another episode of the Shindig. We're getting back to it. Hopefully you've listened to a couple episodes so far and either liked what you heard or hated what you heard. I hope you had a strong reaction to what you heard instead of indifference. Or if you had indifference, I hope you downloaded anyway, because that's helpful to me. But uh, most of all, I hope you learned a little crap, because that's what this is all about. And today, we're going to learn some more crap with my good friend, Kevin Ryan. Kevin, what's going on today? Hey, uh, not too much. It's a weekend, so uh, I'm excited. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm going to a show later today, and then, uh, you know what? I'm going to profess my geekdom. There's a game that just came out that I'm probably going to spend some time in. You're going to have well. to tell us about it. What game? It's um, uh, the new Horizon Forbidden West game. It's a fantastic game uh, so far. What console is that on? It's on PS5, 4 and 5. 4, okay. Yeah. I don't have those. I can't I play that game. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll jump on Twitch and watch you play that game. Is that still a thing? Oh, it definitely is still a thing, but I don't play on Twitch because I don't have like a capture card on my PC. So, well, there's your purchase for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the spirit of nerd dumb, we've done a podcast episode on Dungeons and Dragons, which everybody loved. I assume I didn't read the comments, but we're going to go further into the nerdy, nerdy rabbit hole. We're going to talk about some magic, 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 magic. Mm. Kevin, talk to us about Magic the Gathering. Yeah, so Magic the Gathering is is uh, interesting because it's also owned by Wizards of the Coast, who now own Dungeons and Dragons. It used to be different companies uh, that own those IPs, but now it's the same company. And Magic the Gathering is a card game that you would play spells with another, you know, against another opponent, and you're basically playing a game to uh, beat your opponent and bring your opponent's life total down to zero. Card game, like war or solitaire with two people. You know, usually if someone doesn't know what magic is, they'll they'll at least heard of Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. Those are other card games or collectible card games. So, you know, the, all the cards that you get are not in one box. Uh, you have to collect the cards and then build your own deck. I've heard of those. And it's not just card collecting. There's actually a game you play. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like that was something where, you know, growing up I used to collect uh X-Men cards and hockey cards oh, where yeah. like they were just, you know, just the cards and they didn't do anything. It was just, you know, cool nerdy stuff. So, um Richard Garfield is the guy who created Magic the Gathering and he came up with this game. It's similar to collecting, you know, baseball cards only instead of just having a card that you collect you can also play a game with these cards. And so, uh, you know, each pack has a different kind of cards. It's all the same number of cards, but they're different cards within each pack, just like you would buy, you know, a baseball pack. And you're mm. hoping for that Ken Griffey Jr. where Magic Gathering, when it first came out, you were hoping for that Black Lotus, which if you're at all familiar with Magic, it's, um, you know, the Black Lotus is the most famous card and one recently sold for a couple hundred thousand dollars. 
It's like the Honus Wagner of magic cards. I'm trying to think of a reference because you said Ken Griffey Jr. I'm guessing most people that listen to this remember who Ken Griffey Jr. is. I don't know, like, even what team he played on. I, it's just a catchy name that I remember. Well, we're going to spin this into a baseball podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he played on the Seattle Mariners for most of his career. Okay. And, okay, that's it. End of baseball. <laughs> but it's like the card. Okay. Yeah. And, and so people see that and they think, oh, my goodness, in you know, to play the game whoever has the biggest checkbook is going to be the winner. And that's not the case, actually. To get into the game, it's surprisingly not that expensive um, to get into it. However, you know, it's kind of Alice in Wonderland. You, you know, you go in at first and then you go down the rabbit hole <laughs> and, and it can get as expensive as you want it to get. How did you get into Magic? So I got in uh, when I was in junior high. When I first played Magic, it was in junior high, I you know, saw some kids playing it in the high school, in the, you know, at school. And I was interested in it. And, uh, I think I asked my parents for, you know, some cards, uh, after I, you know, played it, played a game with my friend's deck. I was like, that's kind of cool. And I got into it, but you know, I was a kid. I didn't really know like that much about the game. Uh, you know, I was just playing it, uh, what we would call today kitchen table magic, where it's just casually playing. Right. Um, there are different levels of play of magic kitchen table is the most casual and it's the most popular way to that people play. Um, you know, then there's competitive magic, which is just a whole new, a whole different ballpark. And, and most people don't get into competitive magic who play at all. Usually it's just casual formats. Are you into the competitive side of that? Yes. Yeah. Once you kind of start going competitive, the kitchen table doesn't really appeal because you We'll build decks that are kind of just steamroll the kitchen table. Decks, what does that mean? So when you're playing the game, you need to have a deck. And there are games where you build your own deck at home. Decks are just uh, like a collection of cards that you assemble? Yeah, about, you know, usually it's 60 cards. Um, okay. And, you know, I'm, I might go online and say, all right, you know, I want these cards and I order these cards and... I put them together. A lot of people, they'll just open up packs and they'll build the best deck they can with those packs. So, you know, you bring these to a tournament or just casual gathering and a 60 card deck is a standard deck size and you play with your friends and, you know, you both start at 20 life and whoever gets down to zero life first loses. Explain the basic gameplay. So we know we have decks of about 60 cards. You're probably playing with another person and you're trying to deplete their life total. Yeah. How does that happen? So usually the decks are constructed where you have um, some cards are resources and other cards are spells or creatures that need those resources in order to activate or be played. Okay. Sometimes you um, build a deck and usually you build the deck with, if it's a 60 card deck, you 22 to 24 resources or lands they're called okay. uh, in the deck. Some like the money to pay for things to make things happen. Yeah. But it's not like it's a one-time purchase. You put a land in play and you can use that land as a resource this turn. And that land doesn't go away. It stays for each turn and you can use it. Okay. And like what sorts of, what kind of cards are there and what do they do? There are creature spells where you put a creature in play and it stays in play and you use that creature to attack the other player and the other player's life total goes down. Um, then there are spells that you can 
remove a, a creature. So your opponent plays a creature. You have another spell. You say that creature is going to, you know, that creature is going to bring my life total down. So I need to get rid of it. So you have a card that gets rid of it. And then you have other cards where, you know, there are, have global effects where it says, Hey, this card comes into play and it affects, you know, the entire gameplay or one specific creature. Those are like enchantment cards. And then there are artifact cards as well. So some people build a deck where it's all just artifacts. Um, there's a whole different type of archetypes for how you want to build a deck. That sounds confusing. Yeah, that's something that when you're first getting into the game, sometimes playing like a simpler version of it uh, is one of the easiest ways to do that. So one of the one of the things that Wizard of the Coast came up with are like these intro decks. Or if you go to a store, a local game shop, and most towns will have a local game shop. You say, hey, I've been curious about magic. Do you have any intro decks? Usually they have an intro deck and it's free. They'll just give them out for free. Really? Yep. And, you know, they have very simple cards because it's all about getting into it. So it's not going to be, you know, these super convoluted uh, cards because it can get very, very complex. As an intro to it, you know, these are really good decks where it's super, super simple. Um, that being said, the cards are not very strong. If you play someone else with that deck and they don't have one of those decks, they built their own deck, they're going to steamroll you. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want people to, to try to get into something and then immediately get crushed and then have their spirits lost. Yeah, yeah. And that's something where, you know, whenever I'm playing with somebody, I usually, um, you know, there's a lot of rock, paper, scissors in Magic where this deck is really good against this deck, A is good against B, but A is bad against C, um, you know, that kind of these archetypes of decks. And whenever I'm playing with somebody new, I always play with a weaker deck against theirs. So they, you know, I don't really care about winning or losing if it's a casual game. So I'll, I'll usually just lose to them by default. That's yeah. nice of you. Mm. Uh, within the community of experienced magic players would you say most people are generous in that nature or they're the guys that just want to win no matter what so it depends who you are interacting with um you know magic has a bad rap of like hey these are you know mouth breathers and and you know that kind of uh stigma uh for the magic community and you know it's not without some warrant um, and there are a lot of players who say, you know what, we have to really make a change in the, the community of this game. That being said, you always have a choice when you're playing casually on who you want to play with. Um, uh, I would recommend, you know, if you have a friend who plays, ask them to teach you how to play, but sometimes just going in and playing with a random person at a store, it may or may not go well, depending upon who you're playing with. So sometimes they'll, um, you know, someone will have an extra deck and you're like, hey, do you want to play? Yeah, you can play with that person. Usually I'll have uh, like more than one deck on me. So I could like walk into a store and just find somebody and they might have like an extra deck and just sit down and play. Do a lot of stores do that kind of thing? So I would call the store first because sometimes it might have uh, an event where, um, you know, there'll be a casual play event where it's saying, hey, a bunch of people will get together and they'll have like a commander night. Uh, there's Commander is a type of format that you can play, uh, and that's a usually a very casual format. It's a multiplayer format. 
most people who play commander have multiple decks so you know you, you might you might have good luck with getting in and playing if you don't have a deck at all that's awesome so it's a pretty in general the community's welcoming yeah that's something where you know in throughout the community you hear focus on hey you know building this community and if someone's a bad ambassador you know for the game you know people look down on that within the community saying you know this person is not you know building in a place where people want to play in yeah that's kind of self-regulating in that way yeah you know with mixed success with mixed success but um you know at the the end of the day if you're playing casually you choose who you play with and um you know if I'm not going to, you know, in the same way, if I'm going to play a board game and I don't want to play a board game with somebody, I'm not going to play it with them. I know those people who I don't want to play board games with. Yeah. Right. <laughs> most of the reasons that you mentioned. <laughs> now, you mentioned at the start of this that cards also have monetary value, some more than others. Are you more of a player or a collector? A little bit of both. I am more of a player. Like, I, I won't buy a card uh, unless I intend to use the card. Um, now, you know, they're right, especially since COVID, when we had these relief funding that a lot of people got, people spent money on cards and card values have actually shot up in price recently. Um, but you know, the, to me, it's about playing the game. If I'm, you know, there are cards that are wildly expensive, but I would never play it. And, and to me, that's just not, not an exciting card I would want to get. Just cause it's like too powerful or you would worry about damaging it uh it's more that if i'm not if i'm not going to use it it's just going to sit there uh I'm, it's not something that i really want to have interest in playing yeah do you know anybody that really just gets into the collecting side of it so it's kind of funny um the way it works is wizards of the coast um long story short they came up with this thing called the reserve list where this reserve list they made this promise they will never print these particular cards again uh and it's a pretty long list of, of cards uh and and those cards since they're never going to be printed again people know that and they will so they only will increase in price and so people will buy out they'll go on to online stores and buy all the copies they can of a particular card in order to spike the price of that card and then try and resell it it's a weird economy um but yeah there are people that do that I don't know that many. Now, there are some people where if you see a really good deal on a cheap card, someone's selling you know, their old collection on Craigslist, and they might have an expensive card in there. You know, I mean, I, I would even jump on that depending upon the, the deal. You know? Full disclosure, I've played Magic for a while, mm-hmm. and I sold all my cards to you. Yes. <laughs> did you scalp me hard? Did, did no. you, was there anything in there worth No. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny. At the time, there was nothing that was wildly expensive in there however <laughs> i have i'm sad news um so at the time one of the cards was a 20 dollars card um but it was on the reserve list that card is now like 200 dollars. so good for you that I, was a good investment on your end no because i traded it away when it was still 20 dollars. so terrible of you <laughs> i i didn't make out like a bandit at all i was i'm still kicking myself for getting rid of that one <laughs> these are the breaks mm-hmm. oh man now i so said i felt good and mm-hmm. then i felt bad then i felt vindictively good and now i feel bad again that was a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> that I just went through yeah. so yeah if you are trying to buy from a magic player you know you might be able to get an okay deal 
but you're really only going to find a really good deal if someone doesn't know what they're selling. And that's something you have to kind of weigh as well on your, you know, your own personal conscience. Like, am I ripping this person off? Let's get back to the playing aspect, because I think most people that either haven't tried it or just have a general understanding of it are more interested in that. How would one start playing Magic if they're interested? What's the first thing they should do right now? So a great format for getting into Magic is called Popper. Okay. Um, now, I don't have any Popper decks built, but the Popper is a format where you build a 60-card deck and... Every card in the deck has to be of common rarity. So when you buy a pack of cards, it's 15 cards, and there are um, there's one rare in each card, and roughly there's uh, three uncommon cards. Uh, there's one the rarity is uh, rare and uncommon, and then occasionally you find mythic rare which is you know the super rare and that's just how many they manufacture or that are available um yeah it's just how many are they distribute the the Mm -hmm. the um rate of distribution and then the rest of cards the other 12 cards in the pack are common so common is are not valuable at all you won't find any expensive common cards with some exceptions so with that you can buy a popper deck for relatively inexpensive. So you can look online and see like, you know, popper decks and there's uh there's websites you can go to like MTG goldfish. Uh, and you can look at all the popular popper decks and you can get an idea. All right. Um, how does this deck work? And then you can look online and say, you know, find, you find the name of the deck and you'll, you'll see people play the deck and kind of explain how the deck works. So that's, a, that's a, a good cheap way to get into it. Another cheap way to get into it is to try out a draft. And that's a little bit different um, hmm. than what we were talking about uh, when we were talking about 60-card decks. A draft is you go to a local game shop and you go with no cards. Because the cards for that night are going to be provided as a draft. And you get three packs in front of you and you're at a table with usually eight or seven other people, eight people total. And you pick, you open up one pack, you pick one card and then you pass the rest of the cards to your right. And then you get your cards from the person to your left and you look, and now you have, you start with 15 cards and the next pack has 14 cards. Cause your partner, your, your neighbor took one. And then you pick one from there and you keep it. Each pack moves around the table and you pick one card out from each pack. And then once that pack is done, then you move to the next one. And eventually you build your own deck with just the cards from uh, the packs on the table. And then um, they give you the rest of like the resources, the lands to build your own deck. Usually that's like a $12, $12 to $15 to play a draft. Um, Do you keep the cards at the end? Yes, you keep the cards at the end. Do you think that's probably about the monetary investment you need to get into it? That's probably the cheapest way if you just want to get in and play and find people to play with. So how much would like a 60-card deck, how much money would you put into that? So if I were to get into it, the best way I would get into it, just to see if you like the game or not, is they have intro decks. Um, where you go to, you can pick them up at Walmart or your local game shop, and you just say, hey, I just want to play this game. Uh, do you have like a 
intro deck, and I think they're usually like twenty dollars, twenty thirty dollars. Um, and you and a friend could get one each, and usually they're balanced with the power, uh, power level. One, you know, one's not super powered over the other, and that's a good way to play into it. The question that I've been avoiding asking, and Crystal raised this point every time I played Magic and try to get her to, how much math is involved in playing this game? It's as much math as you want it to be. So some people have, you know, um, uh, decks where it's really complex. They really got to think a lot about, you know, making sure all the numbers are perfect. And they have to, you know, a whole bunch of like sequencing of first I do this, then I do this. And eventually it's going to all add up to 20 and then I'm going to win the game. Um, and other people are like, you know, that's too much to think about. And so it's just like, I'm going to play this card and do this. And I know you're at 20 and this card's going to do three damage to you. Now you'll be at 17. So it's, you know, a lot of be, a lot of it is not too, too complicated. Uh, but it's as complicated as you want it to be. Um, is there anything else about magic that you would say to somebody who wants to get into it? So it's something where, you know, during the 1990s, there was a talk of... Magic was one of the victims of the satanic panic in the 1990s. I don't know if you, you I, I remember it. this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when I was at youth group and, you know, they talked about uh, things to stay away from. And Magic the Gathering was kind of one of those things where, you know, at the time uh, people thought, you know, everything was of the devil. And, and, you know, that's something where, you know, nowadays it's kind of that's people just realize it's just a game. And it's not, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, dark forces at work or anything like that. And is it a game that's, uh, you know, I would say it's appropriate for, for probably like 12 and up. And I say that, um, not because of, you know, the content, um, you know, some of the content on the, some of the cards can be, you know, a, a little bit, uh, violent because some of the, um, you know, some of the effects are pretty violent. It's a uh, battle game. Yeah, you know. it's, a, it's a fighting game. Um, but as far as the game complex, the complexity of the game is, I would say, 12 and up. That's a, probably about the time that I started. Yeah. Back in the Boy Scouts, it was a big thing. Yeah. Man, that satanic panic. That was, D&D was definitely part of that. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was dating this girl who said, you know, I don't know if I approve of you playing this. And I'm like, look, it is not what it, you, it, you know, that's, Something you know that those remnants are still there, where someone will remember that and be like, "Oh wait, is that?" It's there's nothing really going on there. And it's not I, tarot cards. It's, no, yeah, it's not you know yeah. it's not not anything like you know at a if you're worried about that. Um, there's nothing like spiritual. Plenty of plenty of Christians play it. You know, there's it's something where. Um, I wonder if it's, it's just unfortunately game. named because no one expressed that with. Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon? Oh no, absolutely with Pokemon. Oh, do they? Oh yeah, Pokemon because evolution and therefore <laughs> uh, it's against uh, the Bible because of evolution. We're getting into a whole different podcast yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole point is like you know, it, it, and if you're familiar with Pokemon, that's a very very silly thing. It's not about evolution. It doesn't teach that. It's just it's like leveling up. In a yeah, video it's game. just leveling up, and it, in this similar way. 
magic you know is like harry potter you know uh, am i worried about my uh, a child reading harry potter and then thinking magic is real no back in the 90s you were because that was also part of it too exactly yeah yeah <laughs> things have changed that's the point now mm-hmm. as i was talking to chris on the D podcast um stranger things very popular show right now is featuring people playing dungeons and dragons it's just it's more in the zeitgeist now there's there's less of the panic and there's more of acceptance of it exactly and that's good well, Kevin, thank you for teaching yeah. us a little bit about that. I hope all of you try to play Magic the Gathering at one point. I guarantee you have at least a friend or an acquaintance who does play. I'm, I'm pretty sure you do. Just ask them about it. Get a little more info. Play against them. Try one round and see what you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Thank <laughs> you for helping me spread this message because I've been very unsuccessful about it for a long time. <laughs> I needed somebody with a little more experience. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to The Shindig again. I hope you have a terrific day. I hope you love everybody you see. And we are out. Toodles. I miss another.